not really being kind to myself at all. And I think I've always been in this mindset of weight loss is a punishment because I'm fat and I shouldn't have allowed myself to get fat. So I, I should punish myself and have to eat salads all the time. And I think that's just the absolute worst thing that you can do. And it's really only ever been a matter of time before the binging has come after that. Losing weight isn't easy. And some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real-life success stories from normal, everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now, your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast. I hope everybody's doing well. We're already towards the end of May. I can't believe it's almost summer. I don't know where the time's going, to be honest with you. Today, I'm joined by a special guest from Runcorn, Alice, who's here to tell me about her amazing journey of losing over six stone in the last 12 months. Alice, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you? Very welcome and I'm doing great, thank you. So Alice, you're here today to share your journey and I'm very pleased that you are because there's a couple of things about your journey I think that make it um, less common. Uh, We'll talk about the fact that you're a vegan and the fact that you've had therapy to help you with your weight loss journey and maybe for your mental health as well Um, and also that you've stopped drinking and I'm really looking forward to to hearing more about those and how those things have influenced your journey if that's okay but why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself yeah so I'm I'm Alice I'm 30 I'm a full-time student and I work part-time in a clothes shop and I live with my sister my dog two cats and a snake so I don't really get a lot of time to myself no absolutely not and uh that's a houseful so as I said you have lost over six stone in the last year so congratulations on that first of all thank you and I would love to hear about you know how you've managed to do that and the ups and the downs the challenges you've faced but if we could start from beginning um before you decided to lose weight had your weight been an issue for a long time is it something you've struggled with for a number of years or something more recently yeah it's it's been an issue my whole life. I was an overweight child and was bullied for that. And looking back, I wasn't really the biggest in the class, but because that was always the word that was used, that I was fat, I really internalized that and it had a really negative impact on my self-esteem. And I, you know, I was always the fat friend. And when I was 18 and I first became vegan, I lost weight really just because my lifestyle changed so drastically. I was already vegetarian, but I went from eating chocolate, pizza, cheese, you know, not really eating any vegetables to a vegan diet. So I really had to change what I was having. And back then, I mean, this was 12 years ago, so there weren't the options that there are now. So I managed to lose weight then but that did turn into a really restrictive way of eating. And I think really throughout my entire 20s, it's been yo-yo dieting or binging and restricting. And my weight's really fluctuated as a result of that. Okay. And you, you said, 
and, and sorry to hear, but you had a, a difficult time at school being bullied because of your weight, knowing how cruel school can be and, and how difficult it is for people who are picked on. And as you said, that there's something that stays with you throughout the years and it's something that can really shape the young adult that you become. So as I said, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And was this something that impacted you going out as you, you know, went through teenage years and become a young adult? How did... How did that impact your life, if you don't mind me asking? I just had a really low self-esteem. And when I moved to secondary school, I wasn't really bullied as much, but I was still always the fat friend and it was still always, you know, caught the ugly girl. And so you really internalize that. And I look back now on photos of, of myself and there was nothing wrong with me. And I think because in primary school, I was you know picked on and didn't really fit in. And I just assumed that that was all because I was fat and you do really take on board those comments. So it, it really shaped my whole identity. And then why well, I, I just isolated myself quite a bit and then when I started to lose weight when I was 18 and people were nicer to me again it just reinforced this idea that being fat was a really bad thing I think also being a teenager in the the 2000s was a really hard time anyway and while there wasn't anything wrong with me looking back at the time if you weren't super skinny or a size zero then you were fat according to everybody else. So I think that was a really damaging time to be a teenager anyway, certainly a teenage girl, but I think in general. You know, that's a really interesting point. And I'm older than you, but I left school in 2000, left high school in 2000. And I'd say in the last 20 years, the how far it's advanced in terms of what's acceptable from a marketing perspective, what's acceptable from you know, the size zero models and and how that's not really a portrayal of real life has changed so much in such a short period of time. But like you say, for anybody who was growing up in the 90s, the 2000s, as a teenager and being influenced by things like that, there was so much pressure to look a certain way. And it was still the, the super skinny models, whereas that has gradually and thankfully changed. And I'd say now most clothes companies are much more representative of, of normal people, which is, you know, important. And it also gives confidence. And as you said, especially to women, I think, who probably had more social pressure to look a certain way than boys back then. Although if I'm completely honest, I think it's kind of catching up now for, for men as, as much as women to look and be a certain way. But there's always that influence of, if you're not exactly like everybody else, you're different and as a teenager that's really usually the last thing you want isn't it yeah absolutely and I think being anything outside of the the beauty standard at the time is is difficult but yeah looking back on even the tv shows that were acceptable at the time it almost feels alien to watch something like that now and the things that they talked about and the way that they talked about weight and things like that is yeah, like like you said, thankfully it's it's not so much like that anymore. I think there's still a lot of pressure. It's different pressures on certainly teenagers, but it it was it wasn't an easy time uh, for body image. I don't think. Of course, no, absolutely. And then you were already a vegetarian, but then at eighteen you changed to veganism, if that's correct. 
Yeah, so I'd become a vegetarian when I was 12 and I did that as a bit of a challenge for Lent and found that it was easy enough to keep up with. And I've always loved animals. And I think as soon as I realised what lamb was, I just refused to eat it. So it was always on the horizon for me that that was where I was going to go because, you know, my parents could tell. But with veganism, I did the same. I just tried it for Lent. I thought it'd be a challenge to see if I could do it. And my dad had this big chat with me about how the diet that I was having at the time, I wasn't really eating vegetables outside of the Sunday dinner he would make for me. So I would really need to expand my food choices. And he had this big talk with me and made me try avocado for the first time, which I thought was disgusting. And then I tried it and it's actually one of my favorite foods. And it just opened up this whole other world of vegetables. And, you know, it probably started my love of cooking as well, because beforehand it was just about eating junk food. Okay. And you also mentioned, though, that it led to quite a restrictive way of eating. And and so was this because of the fact that you only had certain foods or, or because you ate the same foods that you liked repetitively? How was that going through your, your 20s, I would guess, you know, your early 20s? Because that's when you mentioned that you were yo-yo dieting as well. So give me a, a better idea of how that was, please. Yeah, so I... When I first became vegan, because the lifestyle that I was living had changed so much, the weight really fell off me. I'd got into a new relationship. So rather than sitting in by myself, eating junk food, I was out. I was eating different types of food. And that all happened in a really natural way. And after a few months, I think I lost about four and a half stone in about six months. But then I went to university in the about well into the six months I went to university and because I'd been so complimented for the amount of weight that I'd lost and I hadn't really learned anything about losing the weight either I just cut out a food group and I'd lost weight I hadn't learned how to portion control or really anything and when I went to university the relationship ended quite abruptly and it just became really restrictive and I was consistent I was living off very little really and that only lasted a couple of months before the binging started again and then the binging never really left and I think my weight was fluctuated so much and I was always in really active jobs so maybe I was able to control my weight a little bit more because although I was binging I was really active as well and I could tell if my jeans weren't fitting me as much, so I would maybe scale it back a little bit. But it really did fluctuate throughout, well, up until lockdown, really. Okay. And then during lockdown, what happened then? Because this was obviously a very difficult time for, for many people. Yeah, so about a year before lockdown, I got back from travelling. And I was probably at the weight that I am now, in all honesty. And slowly my weight had started to creep up over the year because all of the foods that hadn't been available to me when I first went vegan were suddenly available again takeaways were starting to do vegan pizzas vegan chocolate and cakes were available in supermarkets so you know when I say I didn't learn anything when I first went vegan and lost the weight all of that food was available to me again so I started eating it all again and my weight has started to creep up a little bit and then when lockdown happened, I, 
it just it just got out of control. I'd gone from being in really active jobs to I'd taken a call center job with the intention to go to Canada, but obviously because of COVID that didn't happen. And then I was working from home. I wasn't really particularly sensible about working from home. You know, we get up, get dressed at a table, I was living in leggings or pajamas sometimes. And you just don't always realize how much weight you're actually putting on in a day. You know, it just kind of creeps up on you a little bit. I completely agree and completely relate to that because of a similar situation I was in myself. And like you say, because I, I think as you're not seeing anybody else, you're not going out, there's a, a high risk of your your level of self-care slacking and, you know, that lowering because quite honestly, you, you don't have to, which, you know, makes being lazy easy. It makes, you know, like you say, sitting in your pajamas instead of making an effort to get dressed much, much easier. And so it was a very strange time for everybody. And, you know, we've spoken to, to many people on the podcast who have either, you know, found that to be the moment where they decided to lose weight or for, I think the majority was a moment where everything kind of came apart a little bit. And it was very interesting what you just said, Alice, about the fact that vegan choices, because there are so many now, it's opened that door to everything being accessible again. And it's something I'd never really considered because I'd always just thought that, you know, a vegan diet, how could it be unhealthy? But it's also the quantity of food that you're eating, I guess ultimately the amount of calories that you're consuming so if you find vegan pizza available and it tastes great and it tastes like pizza and you know like you say you're, you're back to to where you were before you were a vegan you can still then eat as much of it as you want in theory because it's great and so that clutch and the emotional eating and binging that you have isn't really solved so i, I completely understand that and thank you for for explaining that so after lockdown i'm guessing during lockdown you you gained the majority of the weight yeah so initially I lost weight so I moved in with my mum at the start of lockdown because I couldn't work from home where I was living at the time and we managed to lose weight I'd, I had just joined Slimming World in the February and then it all went online and it wasn't really easy to keep up with but at the start for the first m- month and a half I was able to lose I was able to lose weight but I'd just gone back into the old habits of being really restrictive, not not following the plan at all, really, not using sins, not really, not really being kind to myself at all. And I think I've always been in this mindset of weight loss is a punishment because I'm fat and I shouldn't have allowed myself to get fat. So I I should punish myself and have to eat salads all the time. And I think that's just the absolute worst thing that you can do and it's really only ever been a matter of time before the binging has come after that so because I was so restrictive for those first six weeks when the binging happened again it it just happened on a scale that I'd never experienced before and all of the checks that were in, maybe in place previously were no longer there and my mum had been working from home and then was back in the office so I was secret eating a lot of the time and it it was it was just really out of control and I put on about five stone gradually well over two years and I had an operation on my ankle in the April 2021 and that meant that I couldn't move at all for six weeks so it was only really contributed more to the weight gain in all honesty until yeah, I found myself 
up well I was just past 19 stone but when I officially started Slimming World uh, the second time it was 19 on the dot okay and having done Slimming World or started Slimming World previously were you confident and happy to go back into it or did you feel less sure of it because of the fact you know you'd gain more weight and it was perhaps a, a different moment for you in your life I think there's a lot of misconceptions about Slimming World and I think it's easy to buy into that but realistically it's a plan and for me it's it's not as controlled as maybe calorie counting is. I had tried calorie counting before I went back to Slimming World but being able to keep up with weighing everything just is it's just not sustainable for me at all I just forget but I realized about six months into lockdown once the binging had started that I needed help and that's when I went I found a therapist that was close by to where my mum was living and I think in all honesty I was expecting to have about six sessions and then I would just be magically fixed and then I'd never binge again and I'm sure you can imagine that's not how it works and it was probably about two years of on and off therapy that made me then able to go back to the slimming world plan and approach it with just a completely different mindset and in my opinion a much more sensible way and that's probably enabled me to go back to to slimming world I'd say okay and if if you're happy to talk about that I'd like to just touch on the therapy side if you could because I'm a firm believer that having the correct mindset and the healing of the emotional trauma that you can go through of, of being overweight or, or things that contribute to binge eating or emotional eating is as important, if not more important than the actual process of, of losing weight. Because I think long-term to be able to lose weight and keep that weight off and, and be happy about yourself, it's the mindset that has to be healed as opposed to just for losing weight. Otherwise it will just come back again. And so did you seek therapy specifically for binge eating? And and what was the process during your recovery or I'll say the the process you went through and self-development and improvement that you experienced from having therapy? It wasn't a specific binge eating therapist that I'd gone for. I've been on waiting lists with the NHS for years and I tried, uh, I've tried everything really and I tried a different therapist first who I just didn't really gel with. I found this this therapist who was literally up the road from my mum's. So I just thought, you're the closest person. I sent her an email and said, this is what's going on. Do you think you can help me? It doesn't say anything specific about this on your website, but she's the type of therapy that she was doing really appealed to me. And thankfully she was somebody that I felt like I could trust and I think it's so important to find somebody that you can be honest with as well because people I've spoken to when I've mentioned therapy they've maybe gone into the session and not wanted to share things or hidden things and I don't think you have to tell them absolutely everything you've ever done in your life but I think you need to feel safe enough to be honest about your experiences and I went in I felt like she listened to me and when the various lockdowns were happening. We went onto Zoom. I moved back to Runcorn from, you know, I was staying with my mum who was living in Glossop. 
I moved back to Runcorn and we continued to do it over Zoom. And I think in my mind, like I said, I was really hoping that it would just be a couple of sessions and it wasn't. And because I was paying for therapy it wasn't always possible for me to have it weekly you know sometimes I had weeks where or even sometimes a couple of months where I didn't have any but I was always doing the background work and I think it probably took a year and a half for things to actually click okay and following that and a year and a half later you obviously probably felt better in yourself or more equipped to tackle weight loss and that's when you made your decision to to rejoin Slimming World is that right yeah so I think the worst thing that you can do when you're struggling with binge eating is to try and diet and it's really frustrating to hear that and it was frustrating for me to I read so many books about it and just tried to find out everything I could about how to not binge eat anymore and the worst thing that you can do is put any sort of restrictions on yourself. And it's really common that when you are going through that process of trying to unlearn certain behaviors that you will actually put a bit of weight on first and it almost gets worse before it gets better. So I think when I got to the point where I was, you know, 19 stone, I'd been through the therapy. I was feeling like I was in a really good place. I was noting a, noticing a change in my mindset just even something as simple as I'd got an assignment back and I'm really hard on myself. If I'm not 100% perfect at everything, then I, I'm i almost not interested in doing it anymore. And I think that translates into weight loss a lot of the time as well. Because I think if I'm, you know, well, I have to be 100% on plan, otherwise there's no point at all. And being able to come away from that all or nothing mindset has been probably the key and I'd noticed I'd started doing that when yeah I got an assignment back and I'd not done so well but my first thought was oh I've done really well in that bit though and that was an alien experience to me so I think that was probably a year and a half into it and then we continued for a couple more sessions and then that overlapped with me starting Slimming World and I decided to go to a group because I knew I wasn't able to do this by myself I'd proven to myself I couldn't do it by myself so I thought if I just put as much as I can, like surround myself with as much external accountability as I can, then surely mm-hmm. something is going to stick. And thankfully it did. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And, and having that awareness, and, and it's so interesting that you've said that, that restricting yourself when you have problems binge eating is, is almost a recipe for disaster because I, I guess you have that as your coping mechanism. And when you restrict yourself, it's only a matter of time before that you know, you can put a rubber band tighter and tighter and tighter until it snaps, but eventually it will snap. And if that's your coping mechanism and you're not able to deal with when things get difficult, you will always revert back to that. And then it completes that guilt cycle of eating because you feel bad and feeling bad because you're eating. And it's almost impossible to to break. Really, congratulations on, on the work that you've done to to get as far as you have. And I'd really love to hear now about your success story and Tell me about your journey because, you know, over six stone is an incredible amount of weight to lose and you must be feeling fantastic for it. Yeah, it still feels a little bit surreal, to be honest. I think when I started, I mean, I've averaged half a stone a month, but it hasn't looked like that at all. There's been some months where I've lost 10 pounds and there was a month I lost two pounds and I have lost weight every single month. But like I said, it was two pound one month and I 
think if I'd have started and you'd have told me that I was going to lose half a stone a month on average, I wouldn't have been happy with that because when you are so big, half a stone isn't anything. And it's so easy to feel so overwhelmed about, you know, how much you have to do. I mean, I, I wanted, well, I, I want to lose nine stone. I'm getting towards the point now where I'm not really thinking about a target because I don't think it really benefits anybody to try and force your body to be a weight that you've really just imagined that you want to be but a year ago I set my target to lose nine stone I would never have started the journey so for me I just thought I'm just going to get my half a stone award and they give you a certificate which I mean, I've got a wall of all my certificates, they're really shiny, it's really motivating. And I just set out to lose half a stone. And then I got that. I thought, right, well, now I'm going to try and get my stone award and just took it just in tiny chunks. I've not even really thought past my next half a stone award. And even now, I'm just thinking about my, the next the next certificate that I'm going to get and just focusing on that, really. That's brilliant. And I, I think... I've spoken about it quite a few times about having those smaller goals because it can be very overwhelming. And also, like you said, if if you don't know exactly at what weight you're going to feel happy with yourself when you look in the mirror, when your clothes fit as you want them to, it's very impossible to put a number on that unless you've been there before and you know are trying to get back to a certain weight. But even then, things can change. And so it's... It's something I know is a big challenge for a lot of people to pick a number out of thin air and say, that's exactly what I'd like to weigh. And by focusing on that next half stone, for you, it gives you that opportunity to to be close to your goal, but still constantly be working towards something bigger until you feel that happier stage, which is, I think, absolutely the right way to do it. So also I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned earlier, how for you the therapy has been instrumental for your um, you know recovery and, and and losing weight but then you've also just mentioned the fact your your wall of shinies and I've seen a photo of it on your Instagram and it's fantastic I, I really love that you've you know you celebrate it that way but do you think having that kind of reward on a smaller scale is very helpful and motivating and it's something that people even if they're not following Slimming World or, or whatever they're doing should give themselves reward for those achievements yeah, absolutely. Because it's it's each one is a milestone, and I've had my mom joined with me originally, and then we couldn't go to the same group anymore. But she's still. I'll go to hers if I've got a certificate, and she will take a photo of me. And I have really celebrated every single one. And I think breaking it down into manageable chunks is is the key to success. And I think most people that have lost a significant amount of weight, that's what I'm hearing from them as well because if you're looking at really losing anything I suppose but certainly losing you know a significant amount of weight you you are never going to get started if you're bogged down on how how far you've got to go and it's so easy and I think one of the things that I was really in the the mindset of at the time was oh that's a really big journey so I'll just have one last binge today and then I'll start this really difficult thing. And if you make it so that it's actually not that much of a difficult thing and it's just half a stone, you just have to lose seven pounds. That's all you have to think about. Then I think that kind of helps a little bit as well. I think so, because you don't necessarily have to justify it with that one last hurrah. 
of, of having a final binge because you don't feel like you're necessarily giving up so much or you're going to be restricting yourself so much for that massive journey. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, some, it's almost like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to do this, but it's not such a big deal. So I don't really feel the need to, to go and have a massive binge to kind of say goodbye to, to that part of my life. And I, I think that's very important because I think the, the higher the stakes, the higher the pressure you put on yourself, the less achievable it feels. And I think ultimately the more likely we are to, to fail that bigger goal unless we do break it down. So um, I absolutely admire the way that you've approached this. And another thing I wanted to ask as well as part of your journey. Um, so you, you've just completed literally a few days ago, one year of your weight loss journey and also six months of being sober. And I'd like to, to ask if that was something you had planned to do as part of your you know, self-improvement and weight loss and, and mental health improvements, or it's just something that happened by chance. So I would honestly say it's probably my Slimming World consultant, Emma, who is amazing. I hear a lot of horror stories about Slimming World, and but I've never experienced anything like that. And there's been so many occasions where she's been so matter of fact with me, and it's just really made me think. And one of them was that she doesn't drink. And it never even crossed my mind that people wouldn't drink. And I didn't drink often, but when I did, I really struggled to not go mad. And I was noticing that when I was drinking, so for example, in August, we had a party for my stepmom and I didn't really even drink that much, but I drank enough to feel really rubbish for the week after. And I find it almost impossible to make good decisions around food if I am not feeling great. That's one of the and I still struggle with that now because I, you know, two weeks ago, I wasn't feeling very well. And it's really hard to think about cooking and not reaching for something easy. And so I was really noticing a pattern of when I was drinking, it really affects my mood and it really stores my weight loss. I just remember thinking that if, if I keep drinking, particularly December with it being Christmas I'd have had the vegan Baileys out which again isn't something that was around 12 years ago and there's just no way I would have I've been able to lose any weight and I just thought if I'm serious about this and I'm serious about losing weight and I really wanted to then maybe I need to stop drinking alcohol and if I'm being completely honest I didn't think I was going to make it through December I had a staff party I'd never been on a night out and not drank I was dreading it I'm really susceptible to peer pressure and I just I just no part of me thought I was going to get through that night but I did I spent no money I could drive myself home and I still had a great night I didn't I don't think you have to sit in a corner and be miserable just because you're sober and it's proven to myself that I'm able to do that and I went to a party at the weekend and still had a great time but didn't have to write off the whole week from it so I decided that I turned 30 in November and I decided that I was going to do one year for my 30th year and just to see if I could do it. And yeah, I'm surprising myself all the time because I wouldn't have thought I would have even got this far. But it must it was it was my slowing world consultant that put that idea into my mind, not even really on purpose, but she goes out and has a nice time and goes to the pub and just doesn't drink. And yeah, I just never really met anybody who'd done that before. And it's it's been life changing for me. And I'm not saying I'll never drink again, but I'm really seeing the benefits of not doing. I think it's amazing. And you've touched on some really important things there and 
I'm going to put my own personal experiences in line with that because I, I do drink. I've go through periods sometimes, you know, usually do dry January last year. I did first three months of the year without drinking. And I definitely noticed a difference in the energy that I had, how I felt day to day, the decisions I was making much better. And I'm not talking about decisions when I'm actually drinking alcohol. I'm talking about the next day, like you said, the, the feeling tired and just can't be bothered to make a healthy choice or, or your body's craving something that's unhealthy. And, um, like even this weekend, like we had people over, we had a great barbecue. It was, it was a really good time, but we were drinking, you know, Saturday and Sunday. And, and today is just, just don't feel as good as I, as I know I could. And it's got me questioning, is it really worth it? But then I'd say where we're slightly different is you've got the strength or had the strength to say, you know what, if losing weight means that much to me, I'm going to stop it. Whereas in my head at the moment, the rationale is, Oh, but then I know we're going out in this weekend and I'm going to see this mate and I know we're going to have a few beers and then I know this and there's always something and I can literally go from now until the end of the year without there being three weeks or four weeks of an event or something where I would normally drink and think to myself, oh, but do I really want to give that up or how will I enjoy that without that? Which is kind of sad in a way, but it's it's almost the reality of what I mean. So, I, you know, I don't mind admitting it. Um, so it's something that... that I'm on one side I think would be a benefit but on the other don't know if I'm brave enough to do yeah it is really really hard and I think for me I'd like to experience each season because each season brings something out and I'd like to experience that sober and I think I use alcohol as a bit of a crutch for you know I do get social anxiety I think that stems from like having a low self-esteem and and I know that I am fun when I've had a drink, but it's just not worth it. I think because I'm so busy with uni and work, I just, I don't have days where I can write off at the moment. And it is hard now that the weather's getting nice because I'd love to go and have some cocktails, but I can have a mocktail if I want one. And I'm determined to see the year out at the very least. If if I was able to just have a few drinks, then it wouldn't be a problem. But unfortunately... It, it's easier for me not to drink at all than it would be for me to have two. So mm-hmm. um, no, and, and I'm sure that, like you said, you'll experience the seasons in a different way, and there'll be advantages and things that you benefit from by doing that. And I'd love to find out as you get to the end of the year, you know, that the key takeaways, the things that you've enjoyed the most about seeing that year without drinking, and and if you plan to continue that or or how you it changes your perspective of it when you get to the end of it. So thank you for sharing that, Alice. It's, um, it's very interesting. It was, like I said, something quite close to my heart, especially at the moment, because I've been thinking about it quite a lot recently. Um, so you, you mentioned that you're not quite at the end of your journey yet. You don't know to where you're going exactly. You've got an idea in mind. But what is next for you over the course of the next few months? Yeah, so I mean, I have set a target and I've been close to that weight before. But for me, I just think it's so important to approach weight loss with kindness. And like I said, previously, it has been about punishing myself. And this time, I really see this as I'm doing something good for myself. I mean, when I was 19 stone, I was out of breath walking up the stairs. I was, my health was really suffering and me losing weight is probably the the nicest thing I've ever done for myself. So what I'm not willing to do is get to 10 and a half stone and have 
10 stone embedded in my mind and fight with my body to get to that weight. I'm not willing to do that because it doesn't feel in line with how I've lost the weight anyway. So, you know, I have set a target, but if I got to a certain weight and decided that that was the weight for me and that's where my body wants to be, then I'm just going to take it half a stone at a time. So next for me is my six and a half stone award, which I'm four pounds away from now. And yeah, that that's, I can't think any further than the, the next half stone really. No. And, and I think part of the key to your incredible success has been not forcing yourself to think beyond that because then you remove that pressure that, that's not necessary, which I think is absolutely fantastic. So as I said, congratulations, because you know, you've done, absolutely brilliantly and it sounds as though your headspace is completely different to where you were a few years ago and you sound much more confident and able to make decisions like stopping drinking and still going out enjoying parties which I would imagine potentially when you uh, at the beginning of your journey would have been a harder decision to make because of that social anxiety and and needing that confidence that so many people seek and, and get from from having a few drinks during the night so Really well done to you. And do you find do you think that it's been easy overall when you look back at the last year? Has it been easy for you? No, definitely not. It's not at all. But I think I think any plan that works in with your lifestyle is the plan for you. So for me, Slimming World is me it's meals that I enjoy. I do a lot of cooking from scratch. I had had to learn to do that when I became vegan anyway. And so that side of things are, you know, I find easier, but the most important part for me is my group and it hasn't been easy at all. And there's been times where I've, I've cried at group and, and there's been times where maybe I've not gone one week. I do have a rule that I don't miss two weeks in a row. I think it's completely fine if one week you can't face it or you need a break. I think if it's taken too much of a toll on your mental health, a week off is absolutely fine. But I never let that become two weeks because I think you're only going to make things worse then. And the ladies at my group I mean they've become like my friends I look forward to my Friday mornings now we have, sometimes I stay behind and we all have a bit of a catch-up so they're so supportive so it hasn't been an easy journey at all but they've been there to support me and that for me is why Slimming World is successful and it's why I do you know really rate the plan and in the past you know, I have heard all the things people have to say about Slimming World that have been negative, but I think if you're approaching the the plan with a sensible mindset and you've got a supportive group, I just, I don't see how that could ever be a bad thing. Completely agree. And, you know, my own mum has been going to, to Slimming World for, for years, 12 years, I think 13 years perhaps. And like you said, for her, it's, it's part of her social calendar she goes and sees her friends she enjoys it she has a good chat and the people that she's met you know some of them she's been friends with now since she started so I definitely think there's a lot to gain there you are really surrounded by people who get it and who understand which I think is so important whichever method it is but having that additional support having someone you can talk to like you say you might be having an absolute disaster of a week and you know that when you have that support network you can be honest about it you don't have to feel bad you you can be open and talk about it with people, which I think is so important to overcoming it and you know gaining strength as you go through this journey. So absolutely brilliant. Alice, 
I'd like to ask if you've got any advice for anybody either starting a journey, wanting to start a journey or, or currently losing weight. I think the most important thing I would say is maybe get to the root cause of why you are, you know, struggling. Because if you are using food as a coping mechanism, like I was, it's not going to be a quick fix. If you join Slimming World or you download my fitness pal, anything like that isn't really going to help you if you've not got to the root cause of what's going on. So I know that therapy isn't always affordable for everybody I found somebody who was quite affordable and it's it feels like it's an unnecessary expense maybe but then I just had to really think about how much I was spending on takeaway so you know say for it's 50 pound an hour are you spending 50 pound in a month on takeaway you could probably afford to have a session then instead and yeah maybe just break it down into to manageable chunks and not think about how much you've got to lose or feeling guilty about having gained the weight even in the first place because that guilt and that shame just it just makes everything worse it's great advice and absolutely right I think I I went through this recently with my personal trainer in the the money that you spend is, is quite a lot and I think in the beginning you feel it more because you don't have an instant success. You don't have an instant result. So there's this kind of feeling that, you know, you're almost paying for something, but not seeing the benefit immediately. But if you hang in there, if you stick with it, the, the impact it has and the knock on effect it has, once you start breaking down those barriers, once you start making progress, it's incredible with the momentum that you can gain exactly what you can achieve is I think it's something that like you say if you can do it and it's accessible and you do have some work to do on your mental health on your wellness your mindset absolutely consider having therapy and speaking to somebody to, to help work through that with you I think it's really good advice Alice thank you so much yeah and there's a lot of resources online as well it's not just a case of you need therapy or you can't do anything at all there's so much information and free you know resources available online that are helpful as well and committing to something like that is is well worth well worth trying anyway yeah and I mean obviously everybody knows that the weight loss warrior podcast is the best podcast out there but there are also a large number of other amazing podcasts focused on mental health and mindset and self-improvement which like you say, they're completely free to listen to and you can really make a lot of progress by listening to those, especially if you're somebody who has never really focused on yourself from that aspect and, and been on a wellness journey. There's a lot of things that, you know, very beginner techniques, even things like breathing exercises that can help and and really just depending on where your mindset is, help you to, to improve and, and progress very, very quickly. Alice, I'd love to ask if you're happy to share your Instagram so people can come and find you if that's okay because I love the food that you cook especially if anybody listening and is vegan even if you're not vegan the food looks amazing and quite honestly it's very difficult to even say by looking at the, the wonderful dishes that you cook but that looks like a vegan dish because I, I looked at one there was cheese on there there's you know various things one looked like meat I was, I was really impressed with with the colors and the, the creations you you cook so um, where can people find you to learn more about your cooking and your journey? 
Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. It's all one word and it's Slimming Alley. And yeah, no, I, I'm a big foodie. I refuse to live off salads for the rest of my life. And if I can make something that's Slimming World friendly and delicious and my sister who's not vegan or on Slimming World is usually happy to eat it too, then I'm onto a winner. I have a good friend, Jack, who's a vegan. And uh, he's he's often he always says to me, just try it for thirty days. Go on, try it for thirty days. And I'm like, oh, I've been, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. But looking through your posts and some of the meals you cook, I think I could quite easily do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm all about delicious but healthy. And and don't get me wrong, I still have the occasional takeaway, and I don't deprive myself of anything at all. I refuse to. But there's so many. That's why I like Slimming World so much. And I think when I first went vegan, I didn't think that Slimming World would be compatible with with me. But actually, if I can lose weight while eating loaded fries and pasta bakes, then I'm happy. Who wouldn't be? It's incredible. <laughs> so, Alice, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for being my latest weight loss warrior. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. And I wish you all the best with the rest of your journey. And thank you for sharing your success with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Alice. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new Weight Loss Warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.